Welcome in, everybody, to a very special edition. I think I said very special edition last time with James Ham. They're this all is, special. This is less special than the one with James Ham, but it is special because we are doing a draft special, a post-draft special. Um, sitting across from me, actually, in person, Frankie Cardicelli, we are recording in our home base at the uh, KHK Studios here. To give y'all our uh, next day reactions, we've had a night to sleep on it because... We just yesterday was too chaotic. We thought there was going to be a Buddy Heel trade. Then we thought maybe the ninth pick would get traded. There was no way we could digest that all in one night. So had to sleep plus, on it. Plus knee jerk reactions are always kind of like people need to kind of settle down a For little sure. bit. So I think we've settled. I needed to settle down. <laughs> yeah, we've settled down and we we like you said we slept on. I barely slept because between uh, the madness of the past twenty four hours in the NBA and MLB. Yeah, that's uh, true. You're living in two two worlds right sensory now. Sensory overload. Yeah, just a bunch of things have been going on. Still going on. It's it's about 11 a.m. on on Friday, and the trade deadline for baseball is is about an hour 45 away. And um, last night though in Kingsland, uh, kind of a overall stressful day. I would say Very. it got kind of started off early. I mean, do you want to start with the draft picks, or do you want to get into the Kuzma Buddy nightmare because? I guess we'll we'll do we'll just do it chronologically. So we'll start with the Buddy Kuzma stuff because that really an impact yeah that really set the table for the day because like really it was just a day of being on edge at any moment anything could drop. Um, we expected it for the whole week though. I mean yeah. th- this had been talked about the Buddy healed for Kyle Kuzma Montrez Harrell and the twenty second pick was talked about for a week week plus. We'd been hearing it from multiple outlets like reliable sources too, not mm-hmm. just like. No, all Joe the names, they, and it was different. It was Mark Stein had a piece of it. Woj had a piece of it. Uh, Shams definitely got a piece of it. There was a lot of – it was all trending towards this day, and, you know, the picks obviously had to be moved uh, before the draft uh, because I, the NBA has this dumb rule where they can't trade picks during the draft, which just causes – just mayhem. Like watching the draft as a standalone presentation is just the What's worst. A, it, the whole like not being able to put the hat on, like a, it's a it's lifelong so moment. Like you're gonna be, have these pictures forever of these moments, and you can't wear the hat of a yeah. team that you're actually going to. She's kind of like stupid. even Kobe. Kobe has she gets drafted, Hornets. and it's like yeah, it's a Charlotte, Charlotte on its hat, and it's like this so, fool never stepped foot in Charlotte. But in the King's eyes, we we're about to pick up the twenty second pick. We we're about to pick up Kyle Kuzma, yeah. Montrez Harrell. Twenty uh, second pick. We were going to move on Buddy Heald and his his contract, which is about sixty plus million over the next three seasons. Uh, it would have freed up a little bit of money for us to to retain Rashawn Holmes. We thought like that was going to be the option because Mark Stein from ESPN uh, and other options. I think Zach Lowe also said that uh, they both expected the Kings to retain Rashawn Holmes, which kind of both came out at the same time, which made you wonder: Are agents talking? Do the Kings have an agreement in place that is kind of pending the Buddy Heald deal? And it all kind of hinged on Montrez Harrell. People thought Montrez Harrell didn't want to come to Sacramento, and that's why he was taking so long to to figure out his his player option. But later comes out Montrez Harrell did want to come to Sacramento. He loved to work with Rico Hines and and uh, their, their friends. And that's a great point. Anyways, Montrez Harrell opts in, and five minutes later we see the news that, that the Kings and Lakers are moving towards an agreement. Great, right? Chris was at his laptop. He starts making the graphic. I whip out my laptop. I start writing up a little story. We're waiting to hit submit on those bad boys. And Gosh. Then. Honestly, can I just say, as this is uh, some some inside stuff, I don't know if anybody actually cares about this, but Frank, I know you had to deal with it a lot during the season with like your post-game recaps, like having to change 
you know, when the Kings blow that Charlotte game, of course, like you have to completely rewrite your, your recap. We'll be talking about the Charlotte game for years, for, I think. For years. But. And the sad thing is I think there's two Charlotte games. There's two. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm saying all this to say having to work in the news-breaking space and, like, having to try and prepare for this stuff and then just to have it completely blow up, it's, like, it's a different level of triggering where it's just, like, uh, like this is literally, like, this just doesn't exist. Like, there was absolutely no – no one wants to hear it, but not fun. Very not much not fun. No. So, anyways, that happens. You and I's dreams, days are crushed over for – Different and reasons. First, I mean, again, yeah, the Lakers swoop in. They scoop up Russell Westbrook, which that's a whole different thing. Whole I mean, di- we can have a whole different podcast we, about <laughs> We can have a whole different podcast about why the hell the Lakers would trade for Russell Westbrook and $45 million when they need a shooter. Um, also, At Lake- this point, they need everything. They have three. They have four four players. I saw <laughs> they like need an it all. overwhelming response from like Lakers Twitter that they were not happy about the Westbrook Buddy Heal. They wanted Buddy Heal more than Russell Westbrook because yeah. of – the, the fact that Buddy Heald is a shooter for half the price. And when you look at it from a Kings perspective, yeah, I was a little a little bummed out that the deal didn't go through because I know that the Kings need depth at the forward positions. And bringing in Montrez Harrell specifically mm-hmm. would have been decent insurance for, for Sean Holmes walks. And Montrez Harrell did struggle down the stretch for the Lakers last year. And the, he actually had some DNP coaches' decisions. Didn't play in the playoffs. But... He's a guy the Kings have always looked at as like a, a like a kill. This guy kills the Kings, and putting him on the, like that roster makes you feel good about the team going to next year. If Rashawn Holmes does leave, and you have to get a cheaper center option, it's not about the Kyle Kuzma aspect as much. That didn't really do it for me, but mostly freeing up Buddy's twenty four million, bring in multiple additions like Kuzma and Harrell for the same price, mm-hmm. and getting the twenty second pick. That's what kind of rubbed I think me mm-hmm. and uh, myself and. Kings fans the wrong way that the Kings kind of missed out on getting that that pretty nice return. Mm-hmm. Well, it also would have just filled out the roster a lot in a lot of key areas that the Kings need. I mean, Montrez, like you said, would have been a great Rashawn insurance or even a Rashawn backup. I mean, if those two are just playing your forty eight minutes at center, you're not going to have a single drop, a single second of dropped energy at center. Like those two are going to do exactly the same thing and it'll, it would would have been a very fun 48 minutes to fun. watch uh kuzma would have been a great versatile guy that you can put at the on the wing or put it stretch four they would have been run like legitimately running wild uh would have been very fun it would have been fun but i mean here we are now with buddy Hill still on the yep. roster uh, a deal still could happen. I think will happen at some point. I would be shocked if it didn't. I think at in, this point, Jason Ross has told us before we start recording that it, if Damn. anything, it might have like shown that Buddy does have value. Like mm-hmm. there is people out, there are teams out there that look at a guy who knocked down two hundred seventy threes over the last three seasons. Like that's that's the same package got you Russell Westbrook. Which say what you will about Russell's numbers, but I or about his contract number, which has probably decreased his value. But at the very least, the same package that got Russell Westbrook was being discussed for Buddy Heal. And Lakers fans are overwhelmingly, uh, not overwhelmingly, but I'd say a majority. Oh, yeah, that, I mean the ones who should that know, really that, watch the yeah, Lakers that know this also know how effective or how affected their salary cap situation now is. They're making you, a, you shouldn't be happy about it. LeBron AD and Westbrook are making a combined 120 plus million. Yes. The salary cap I believe is 109. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. three three players. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, they literally need to fill out the entire roster. And it's all going to be league minimum. Yes. And they'll still be good. They're going to be yeah. good. Oh, yes. It's just, it's not what they need. They need, if they, honestly, Buddy Heald on, on the Lakers, truly, I'm not just saying because we cover the yeah. Kings and we like the Kings, that scares me a little bit. Like, having, mm-hmm. if they could have found a point guard, like a decent point guard, and I have to see who's out there, but yeah. you pair a shooter like Buddy Heald, which would be arguably the best shooter that LeBron has played with since mm-hmm. Ray Allen, maybe. Like, how many shooters yeah. has he played with? I mean, as far as pure shooters, Kyrie Irving is, is a well, great shooter. I mean, but even... Ray Allen, by the time he was with the Heat, wasn't as mobile as Buddy Heald can be. Like, Buddy Heald would legitimately just be running around the perimeter the entire time looking for a three as LeBron and AD are figuring it out. Like, that would have been, like, think J.J. Redick when he was on the the Sixers for those years. And the Clippers, too. Yeah, he exactly. He just would have been that for them and would have... He would have thrived. He's the floor spacer they need. Russell Westbrook does not space the floor. He can run the offense. He's fast They're as hell. They're floor spacing next year. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, AD, LeBron, and Westbrook all near the rim. Like, I don't – they they desperately, desperately need shooting now because I don't know. Like, those all three of those guys are – unless LeBron and AD are going you, to be their you, floor spacers. Can you hear it? It's Danny Green's music. Bruh. Bruh. Um, anyways, it let's, wasn't, let's it stop. Wasn't Can we please stop talking about the Lakers? Yeah, let's not talk about the Lakers on this podcast. It's uh, it's time to talk about something that I think a lot of Kings fans were actually very upset about yesterday mm-hmm. when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, ninth pick. Yeah, when we get it to nine, Alfred Shangoon is there. The Probably top choice, Moses Moody is there. Franz Wagner went off the board one pick before. Kings are on the clock, and they decide not to go big. Uh, they go small. They draft uh, Davion Mitchell. And, Chris, just your general thoughts on the pick, your reaction. You've had a day to think about it. What do you think? I mean, I, I think I understand the pick a lot more, you know, when you think about – when you have, like I said, when you have a night to digest it, think about how it fits into the roster. The immediate thought, and I think I, I, if you listen to any draft reaction from last night, it's just the pick didn't make sense for the roster that the Kings have. And it's funny because generally people are always like, you should always go for best player available at your pick. You shouldn't think about positional need. Um, and it's funny to just hear everybody blow that out the out the door, including myself. Um, I think Monty McNair made it clear in his press conference they believe Don, uh, that's going to happen all the time. Davion Mitchell uh, was the best player available. Matt George, our coworker, asked him, "What do you mean exactly by best player available? Do you mean at this today best player available? Do you take future you know potential into that consideration?" Monty kind of gave a vague answer and said, we just think this is the right pick for us and we we trust that he's the best player available. You can listen for it yourself. Um, I was surprised. I was very surprised. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily don't. I, I don't. I, I think Donovan – or God, there I do it again. Davion Mitchell is going to be a very good player. He's going to be probably in the league for 10-plus years. He'll be very solid. I just don't know if the right pick was to go for the solid guy or to go shoot for the stars, shoot for the fences, try and get an Alperin Sangoon, try and get someone that you think has potential to be a star. How do you feel? I mean, Monty McNair 
he says it a lot, and it, it. I do feel good about like the. I do trust that he. He can. I've liked the way he evaluates talent. Mm-hmm. Like he, he could have drafted a forward last year in the draft. Uh, Sadiq Bay was there. Isaiah Stewart, Aaron Neesmith. Um, he could have gone the route of drafting a forward because mm-hmm. the Kings needed one last year. Yep. Instead, he drafted a guard. This year, same thing. Kings need a forward or a center. He drafted a guard. Um, not to saying, oh, but he drafted Tyrese Halliburton because he fell to the, into the Kings' lap, and that makes him a, a smart general manager. No, I just think that the way that he, Monty and his front office evaluate talent makes me have a, a little bit of more hope. I have hope for this pick because I do think that a player like Mitchell coming onto a team, and again, he is 22 years old. He's one of the best defenders in college basketball. I know the height is a concern for some people. He's six two. That's being a little generous. I think he's more of a six foot, six foot one side, six five, six four wingspan. Um, he's a defender. Kings don't have that many on ball standout defenders. Tyrese Halliburton was a rookie, and he probably was the best defender the Kings had on their team last year. Um, that is a guard, of course. Rashawn Holmes was probably the best defender on the team, but um, having a guard lineup of De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, and DeLon Wright. That's pretty enticing from a defensive standpoint because all those guys I feel comfortable putting on ball you know the Kyrie Irvings uh the Russell Westbrooks you know, th- those guards that are, that are quick off the dribble that I feel comfortable putting some of those guys in front of them I mean of course the size could be an issue Tyrese also needs to put some size on but um Mitchell also people are kind of concerned about his shooting he was 44 percent from three-point line last year that's great I'll take that anytime right but over the course of his college career, that wasn't really the case. He was twenty eight percent in his freshman year at Auburn and thirty two percent as a as a junior um, with Baylor. So it's kind of a question mark. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts to the three point line in the NBA versus college. Um, but the beauty of it is, and even though summer league isn't the tell, you know, it's not the tell all for everything. We're gonna get to find out pretty soon. The California Classic is in a few days, yep. and um, a bevy of young talent coming to Golden One Center, but. Overall, I respect the fact that Monty made a decision based on a, a pretty key need. Yeah, the team needs forwards and a center, but we need defense. The team didn't struggle with offense last year. The team was actually pretty damn good in offense. The team was the worst, and I mean like this in the meanest way possible. <laughs> like It was the worst defensive team I've ever seen. And I think maybe in NBA history, from a metric standpoint, mm. people are saying it's like arguably the worst team of all time. Um defensively so hey let's add some defense to the I fold. definitely agree with you I mean I remember there was a few times this year one sticks out the Chicago game when when Kobe White and uh, Zach Levine I think both dropped 30 and we were like hey a lot of people talk about how De'Aaron Fox Tyrese Halliburton at the time we had Corey Joseph are supposed to be some good defenders and yet here we are in this I think Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum had a similar performance. There was multiple performances of opposing guards going off against us. Granted, everyone was going off against Michael us. Carter, Michael Carter-Williams has high, had his highest scoring yeah. game of the year against us. So Michael Carter-Williams. Backcourt defense was, I mean, defense all around. But we still need help in the backcourt defensively. Um, and Davion Mitchell should come in day one and provide that kind of spark on the ball defensively from day one. And that'll be really exciting because 
The Kings definitely did not have anyone who would pressure the ball. I mean, and, and if you watch any of Davion's clips from, from college, you'll see the second the dude crosses half court, he is in their face, like all in their face and doesn't leave. Makes people settle for jumpers. He's really, really quick off. You mentioned like guards like Kyrie and stuff with the f- quick first step. He has a he his recovery speed is crazy. Like y'all will see he he's uh he reminds me of a lot a lot of I was saying uh of Isaiah Thomas offensively a little bit, not not as explosive as Isaiah nearly, but just the way he moves. Even defensively, like with the with his speed and the way he uses his body, he's just he's a bulldog. He is an absolute beast and is super, super fast. So um, it'll be fun to see him at least defensively and what he, what kind of edge he can bring to the other players on the team defensively. Yeah, I mean, he might push other guys defensively, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these guys practice is when these guys, like, really find out what they have and, like, who they are and learn from each other. Maybe he pushes Darren yeah. Fox. Maybe he pushes yeah. Tyrese Halliburton. Maybe he comes in and immediately is just like, you know what, I'm going to just shut you down. And like, you know who's trying to get a starting spot is... Davion Mitchell, like he's trying to himself, he knows better than, I mean, I think a lot of people were speculating last night that he seemed a little upset, and if there was any ounce of upset in him, it was probably when he realized, like, the only Kings that I know are De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, and both those guys are at my position. Um, You then throw in DeLon Wright, you throw in Terrence Davis, we still have Buddy Heald to this day, um, on this this day, day. (laughs) to this day, I meant on this this day. day. Um, and you know, he, he's like, oh, well, there's not a lot of minutes for me. Uh, he, him, he's got to take him. He's going to have to come in and show these guys like, nah, like I'm here to ball. I'm also here to get minutes too. And he's, I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a curse for him because it's kind of a good situation because he's not going to be just given minutes. And if he sucks, he sucks like, you know, a, Killian Hayes last year um, he's going to have to earn his minutes because the Kings are going to try and make the playoffs next year and if Davion Mitchell can't figure out his offense I don't know if you know I don't he's going to have to work through it well the, the bright side is he doesn't need to be we don't need and that's another thing was, exactly he was 14 points a game in college and 50 percent mm-hmm. from the field 44 percent he was a great college basketball player yep. guess what you don't need to score no we don't need you to score Six to eight points a game is realistically what I am expecting from Davion Mitchell rookie year. Play defense and get those steals. Like, That's I think all we I, care about. I mentioned it on. Uh, I'm big on player comps. I really see like low end Patrick. Like on on the low end of Davion Mitchell's career, I see like a Patrick Beverly, where you really can't expect anything offensively. He can probably hit some threes, but you know he's not going to be a forty. What was he in call? Forty four percent three point shooter. Yeah. It'll probably be like thirty six, thirty eight. If he's forty, then we got ourselves yeah. a real play. And that's the thing. Like, obviously, Patrick Beverly. I didn't have a player comp for Patrick Beverly before Patrick. Or I guess it might have been Tony he Allen created, or something. But you know what he I mean. Created that exactly. That so comp. I'm saying like, that to say, like, himself. Davion Mitchell could be in three years. We're like, nah, he's like a Davion Patrick Mitchell Beverly, or he's Davion Mitchell, where yeah. he can actually shoot the ball or something like that. So, it's very interesting that that's a type yeah. now because, mm-hmm. like, Patrick Beverly is a, like a guy. Like, and we've talked about it for a couple of years now. And the Kings almost did sign Patrick yeah. Beverly. They gave him the biggest offer in free agency a couple of years ago, and he chose the Clippers because he wanted to be on a winner. Don't blame him. Um, but those are the type of players, like the Pat, the Pat Beverly's, the Tony Allen's. Like that's created a, a type of player that teams want and yeah. they need. And that's the kind of I think 
a thing that Monty's envisioning. They need a guy like that who's a pesky defender. Mm-hmm. And we don't need him to score 14 points a game, like you said, shoot no. 50% from the field and 40% from three. We just need to go out there and play defense because we know De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, whoever else they get, Tyrese Halliburton, like, they're going to get the job done. Mm-hmm. They're going to score points. It's going to happen. Um, we need defense. We we have enough offense. We need some defense. And I think that's kind of like the way they're looking at it. They're going to lose Buddy Heal, which is points off the table, and it's going to free up minutes for Tyrese Halliburton and maybe Terrence Davis if he returns. And it's going to free up minutes also for, for Davion Mitchell in other ways defensively because – not everyone needs to score the rock all the time. Yep. We need to stop it. No, and I think I, I feel like I remember too. saying that on the podcast is like, yeah, like the Kings' issue last season was not offense, and so they. I think I was arguing for Franz Wagner at the time, but I was like, the Kings don't need someone who's going to go out there and score twenty five points or whatever, not twenty five, but eighteen points his rookie year. That is great. Obviously, I'll take more good players, but. Defense, they you know they were 120 points a game. How many more points a game can you score? They need to stop somebody. And, at and some they point. still would have maybe lost. They can the Kings could maybe score 130 points a game, but it doesn't matter if you're giving up 135. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think I mean we can we can talk a little bit about the second round pick as well. I think in both instances they went for defense, and I don't know if that was the intention. I think Monty said it wasn't his intention to focus solely on defense in the dr- defense in the draft uh, it just kind of shook out that way but well instead he drafted the Naismith player exactly. defensive player of the year the big 12 defensive player yep. of the year in Mitchell and then the the two time uh, Mountain West Conference defensive player of the year yeah. uh in Nemias Kata yeah. so it, yeah so i think Namias is uh, I, and I'm, it's either Namias or Nami. I can't. We're, I believe it's. it's no, I believe that Monty said it's pronounced Namias. Okay, I think. perfect. Yeah. So we'll. I, I think we're at least close enough to where it's not disrespectful because all respect. But um, I th- uh, he, I think he's going to be the kind of guy that they expected Hassan Whiteside to be for them this year. He's pretty. I you know you look at him his film and he's got the same kind of. Uh, uh, defensive intensity on the weak side that Whiteside used to have as I think I mean <laughs> I think a young Whiteside is probably just a good comp for him because he he just moves a lot better than Whiteside does now but kind of does a lot of the same thing you really don't want him doing much offensively but catching lobs but he defensively a more, he's a monster he's, he seems a little more mobile than Whiteside like yeah. Whiteside looks like he's Definitely. walking through like quicksand yeah. when he's in the post again Whiteside's also like a thirty one year old that's, yeah, like that's what I'm saying stuff, yeah I think he's probably just like a younger He's 22. Which again, is fine because, I mean, obviously the Kings wanted a guy like Whiteside. He's, he's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Same as, as, uh, as, as Mitchell. They're, they're both not – they're not children coming mm-hmm. here at 18 years old, 19 years old mm-hmm. and having to – no, they're, they're ready to – like they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're 22 years old. Uh, Kato obviously probably won't be a guy that's going to play like starting center, backup center minutes. I think he's kind of a guy that might be long-term, maybe Stockton, maybe mm-hmm. – Maybe some kind of Damian Jones minutes, like Damian Jones played at the end of the year. For him, I don't know. I think, yeah, I I mean he'll he'll compete for sure. Like the Damian Jones will be interesting. Um, I could see him beating out like Chemezi or something. I I don't know if he's got some real skill. I mean he's also like the thirty ninth pick. That's not far off from being a first round pick. pick. Yeah, it's not fifty. That's that's yeah, like a handful of picks Mm -hmm. from being a first rounder. So. And again, fifteen points. The Kings don't have any big men. Fifteen and ten on fifty-five percent shooting, mm-hmm. and then also the biggest number that jumps off the page is the fact that he blocked a hundred shots last year. Yeah, three point three per game. 
that's not like, oh, yeah, he's a, that's like, wow. He's yeah. like one of the best defenders in college. I was looking at some of his stat lines. He had, I think, multiple nine-block games. Uh, yeah, his stat lines are absolutely insane. A lot of like, I mean, just routinely at least three, some fives, some sixes, sevens, nines, like I said. Uh, and I think he put, I think he put up 30, 32 in, yeah. uh, in two games last year against boy. Was it he had a Boise game State? against Colorado state last Colorado. year where he had 18 points, 14 rebounds and nine blocks. Yeah. Like that's insane. It, it, yeah. He, I'm very excited to see what he can do. Um, he's got some uh, not touch around the rim, but he's got good feel around the rim for uh, for for you know being so clunky. Uh, I think he can maybe figure out a role offensively, but I feel like he'll probably just be more of like a pick and roll kind of guy. Well, again, it's it's, it's a beautiful thing about the Kings are a guard heavy lineup, they're a guard centric mm-hmm. lineup, and we don't need a, a boogie type center. Yeah. That's kind of a dying breed of NBA oh, players anyway. The centers that the need the ball. Is yeah, they, the world. they're not going to work the ball into the post anymore and, mm-hmm. and clear out. Um, it, it's it's an NBA like now like a league now where it's like blobs cleaning mm-hmm. up around the rim. Yep. Clint Capella, uh, Clint Capella is the exact player I was gonna say. I mean, mm-hmm. he was so successful in, in Atlanta and, and even in Houston. Um, you know, not not everybody can be Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. So, Kate is a guy like I really am excited to see how he does in the California Classic and Summer League yeah. too because. I do think he is a guy who could be a player for the Kings down mm-hmm. the line. And like we said, he's not a 50th, 55th fringe. You know, it's yeah. not Sim Bular we're talking about here. This guy can, like, play. Like, he is a good player. Shout out um, Sim. Shout out Sim. That was kind of <laughs> fun. No, wherever Sim is, man, shout out Sim. That was fun. I hope he's playing basketball because that's a large man to just be walking about. He's probably, like, kind of... I, like 33 now, I bet, or 32, wow, don't you think? That would be crazy. Can we get an age check? Can also, we... uh, just a little baseball, just tidbit. The White <laughs> the White Sox just got uh, Craig Kimbrell. Really? Didn't they already have him? They have Liam Hendricks. Uh. Now, they have, now they have Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. So for any of you baseball fans out there, if you uh, are a fan of the any American League team, it probably runs through the Chicago White Sox at this point. Um, Sim Boulard. Sim Boulard is... 28. Oh, he's like my age. I'm 27. That sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. <laughs> you and Sue. Is he really? He's 28. Born December 2nd, 1992. That sucks. Well, he's, he'll be 29. Player who last played in the Taiwanese Super League. Good for you, Sim. Good for you, Sim. Anyways, uh, do I love the trade? I mean, <laughs> do, I, do I love the um, the draft? I mean, I don't love it, but I like it. And that's enough for me because I do think that if the Kings drafted like a Moses Moody or or an Alfred Shangun, like it'd be like, okay, cool, they got we got a guy we were supposed to get. Maybe it's good we didn't get the guy we were supposed to get. Like we'll see things pan out. It's never a good idea to like give grades on draft night and like say you know no one knows anything. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know anything. This podcast will be played in a year and people will call us idiots or or maybe we'll call us geniuses because we like or don't like the deal. Yeah. But um point is, Deion Mitchell is Sacramento King. He's going to be playing in this lineup, uh, whether it's a lineup that includes Darren Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Harrison Barnes, or or Buddy Heald, and whoever, it, it's it's going to happen. So all we can hope for is the best. Yeah, um, I kind of just feel like like a disappointed father. Like I'm not I'm not upset. I'm I'm just disappointed. Um, I don't necessarily dislike the pick. I we've just talked about how we think Davion Mitchell will actually fit into the roster um, fairly well if if things work out. But 
It's more just the hype and anticipation of a move being made that would kind of significantly improve the roster. I mean, it, I, I, once once a draft pick is made, it's automatically less valuable than just saying like the number seven and fourteen pick, for example. Uh, I just if the Kings were going to make a real blockbuster trade, it would have to be before the draft or on draft night. And now that we're past that, I'm just kind of looking at the landscape of what can happen moving forward and how we can improve. And it's not necessarily like we can't move Buddy Heald, but it sure is a whole lot easier to move Marvin Bagley if you attach the ninth pick in the draft or something to it. So now it's more just we have our players and now we have to work with what we have and we can still trade future trade picks and stuff like that, but... uh, it's more just the impatience. For I mean, sure. And we've been waiting. And also, we, this this is like a continuation of there's last a lot season. More to, there's a lot more like, to be done. There is a lot more to be done. And that, that, that's it's why just it's exciting, like, But at some point, it just needs to happen. Because like during the season, I it's, it's like, gonna, it, it's, I was complaining so much about, like, when is this deal? When is Monty going to do something? Like, we need to – we're losing. We're winning. What? Can we do something? And then waited till the last minute to do something. And now we're in the same situation in the offseason where it's like, money, do something. We need you to do something. The one thing I will and say, though, do it. I agree. But the one thing I will say is there's so many deals that end up on the cutting room floor sure. that we don't even yeah. ever hear no, about. And, yeah. like, this Lakers one, I think, was one that I think he would have been applauded for it. Definitely. Like, you lose a con- an Albatross contract like Buddy Heald, you get a draft pick, too. Deja like, vu. We would have said the same thing about Bogey last year, too. Yeah, it's too. like, we, we so would so oh It's like, how many, like, it's it's the same thing as last year. The last one offseason. hiccup was, like, how the he turned down a sign-and-trade with Atlanta that yeah. would have gotten us a draft pick. And people yeah. were like, why? Like, why would you even say no to that? Yeah. That's one thing I guess was like the only hiccup, but yeah. he's done well in every other transaction. Yeah, I mean the Lakers just ended up taking the other deal. The I Lakers think just stole our prom date. It's like just, I said on Twitter, they yeah. they literally stole our lunch money and dumped milk all over our heads and it's and slapped him, yeah. slapped us in the face with lunch tray. And it, regardless of whether it's Monty's fault, it's just frustrating for the shoe to drop. Waiting for the shoe to drop. I know, people are kind of. I don't think it was Monty's fault. People are like Monty no. shouldn't didn't, he didn't pull the trigger. I no. think he had it lined no, up. He, yeah. Like it was ready to this roll. Not, it just yeah. was the Lakers saying, "Let's do mm-hmm. it." I think Harold opting in was the final straw. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we have all the pieces we want. We're ready, Los Angeles. And they're like, "Cool." One second though, let me hang up on this other line real quick. And then they ended up hanging up on the Kings instead and yes. saying, "Thank you very much. We'll take the uh, former MVP instead." I will also say I would much rather live in this world of like we didn't get the deal done than like Monty threw in nine and. A future protected first because I he, he never really wanted to get. I just mean like he didn't do something stupid just to, to be get like, it done. I need to get Which this he deal done. Yeah, exactly. He could have yeah. been like he could have just said what I said and yeah. been like, I can't go through this off season and not have anything again after what just happened. Take nine. I need yeah, like I need to do something. Like, please take exactly. Nine. We want buddy. We want buddy gone. We want mm-hmm. Kuzma and, and Harold. Exactly. Please just take nine. Yeah, like, let's get it done. No, that, he was, could, okay. that definitely could have happened. I would much rather live in the world where we just live and readjust. Monty's saying however we need something to happen eventually. Yeah. He's saying no we got it. Yep. We got it. So I mean we are a week away from less than from that. less three, than a week. Three days. Three days away from free agency beginning. Um we will be I recording on Tuesday, I think we agreed, correct? Uh yes. Tuesday we're gonna try to lock down a guest for that. Yep. Just kinda get us primed for it. Uh free agency actually begins on Monday, but 
hopefully we have something to react to. Like it'd be kind of yeah. cool if something happened out of the gate and we can just do a reaction right. on Tuesday to go hand in hand. But uh, if anything, we'll go over the latest rumors, latest news. Um, one thing I want to say is shout out to the Kings Herald guys, uh, G. Wiss and, and, oh, and Tim Maxwell. They getting just the, <laughs> getting the shout out from yeah. Monty McNair last night. Yeah, I didn't even know like that that was an aspiration of mine. But now I need I need. AGM, it doesn't even have to be Monty, but I need AGM to to stop everything and shout me out. That is now officially like on my my goal list. Yeah, because like that's wild. That was honestly cool. I mean, good for them. I guess. I mean, I, Monty I, seemed a little angry. But I just want to say I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> Monty, Monty definitely didn't seem like he didn't seem like he was. He was I don't being... think that was. Uh, yeah, that was that was. Um, that was slightly not threatening, but just like it was like it was like said, the mafia saying yeah, like, like, "Hey, you've yeah, why don't you come by like tomorrow afternoon and we'll you know we'll toss around the you know couple beers and yeah, I wouldn't yeah like I said we'll glad it game. wasn't me like I I would like if Monty McNair would be like by the way I just want to say um shout out Frankie Cardicelli and Chris Watkins your guys' podcast is is awesome or like just like. I, I even if he would have said the same thing, like I like, like your guys' passion, I'd be like, "What, <laughs> be like, what? Uh, could could you not please listen, my guy?" Like, uh, yeah. So, uh, like I said, glad it wasn't me. Shout out them for getting shouted out. But, yeah, uh, I would. I would be very nervous. <laughs> I just I'm just gonna wait in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, well, Imani, if you're listening, uh, appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Um, Get get to working, please. Yes, let's <laughs> please let's get, get cracking. Free agency season. I cannot be on edge for this long. Got about seventy two hours uh, till free agency officially begins. Yep. So let's so get into figure it. Figure it out. Uh, California Classic starts August third. That's next Wednesday, August third and fourth. Uh, so yeah, Tuesday, we will be out there. We'll be at the California Classic. We'll have a free agency uh, kind of primer and a California Classic kind of preview, and then also we'll probably record at the end of the California Classic and let's probably, go over. Yeah, just talk about who yeah. played well. Yeah, how we, the experience we, was. Yeah, I think we'll, we might do some two a week. Um, now that we record from home sometimes, too, it's easy to kind of pump out these old 20, 30-minute ones. And also, thanks, everybody, for listening to the, uh, oh, yeah. the, the previous four. Yeah, we've had a great month here. We've had a very – yeah, we're, we're really enjoying, we're really enjoying uh, putting these episodes out and talking to people that are smarter than us and, and, and teaching us things that, that we need to know in order to, to be able to do our jobs. So um, appreciate everyone listening, and we'll try to keep the content coming. Uh, make sure you check out all of our work on khk.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Friendster, Napster, you name it. Um, Chris, anything else? No, that's it for me. Uh, so for Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Keep on listening and have a good one. Go Kings. <laughs>